are listening to a sermon from Sojourn Church in Fairfax, Virginia. We hope that this is an encouragement to you no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey. If you're not already, we would encourage you to connect to your local church. If you'd like to find out more about Sojourn in particular, please visit our website at sojournfairfax.com. May God bless you now as you listen to the preaching of his word. Well, good evening, church. It's good to to be with you. As Mark said, my name is Justin, and uh, man, I am looking forward to diving into God's word with you tonight. Uh, It's a gloomy day outside, but a glorious gift of grace to gather together. So before we jump into God's word, I just want to invite you to pray with me. So would you pray with me now? Holy God, we come before you tonight and just give you thanks for this gift of grace that it is to gather together, this blessing that we have to be with one another, both online and in person. And my prayer is simple tonight, God, I pray that you would illuminate your word. God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to see, help us to believe, and that as we do that, we would leave here being people who are full of joy. We pray all this in Christ's name, amen. Well, our text tonight, as as Mark just read, is from Psalm 96, verses 10 through 13. And as he also mentioned, we're going to be looking at a hymn, a familiar Christmas hymn alongside of that to kind of support and illustrate what this text is about. And the the hymn we're looking at tonight might be the most popular or well-known Christmas hymn ever, Joy to the World. Some of you have likely heard it hundreds, if not thousands of times. Maybe others of you are like, I've never heard that song before. And that's fine too, because we're going to spend some time looking at it tonight and then sing it afterwards. This hymn was written, at least the words were written by a man named Isaac Watts back in 1719. It's been around for a long time. The melody was added a few years later. And if you're familiar with the song, the melody and the tempo of this song is, is pretty upbeat and, well, joyful. The opening lines of the song say joy to the world. But what does that mean? I mean, how would you define joy? This week I uh, was getting dinner one night and was ordering it from Kava. And I put my order in and the confirmation screen came up and it said, rejoice, we have your order. Like, is that it? Is that what joy is? Is ordering from Kava? Maybe Maybe some of you think so. Here's some standard definitions of joy. It's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. The emotion that's evoked by by well-being or success or good fortune. And when we think about joy, we tend to tie it to our circumstances. We tend to tie it to the, the situations that we find ourselves in. So if that's the case, then how can you and I have joy in the midst of our lives right now when the world that we live in is experiencing so many hard things? When our lives are challenging, obviously there's a lot of things going on in our world right now, COVID being the most obvious one and all of the effects that have had on our world, on our country, on our community. And there's lots of things that we can grieve because of that. But I also wonder for some of you, if you're here tonight and what's on your mind isn't so much that, but the fact that you're celebrating Christmas this year and someone that you love dearly isn't with you. Maybe some of you are here and you're struggling with relational conflict with a a family member or a friend in your life. Others of you are wrestling with things like loneliness or anger 
or apathy or bitterness. I mean, the list goes on and on. How can we sing a song like Joy to the World when our world and maybe for some of us our lives seem like such a mess right now? That's a reasonable question. It's a legitimate question to ask. And it's why I love this time of Advent. It's why I love Christmas Eve. It's a time, even a moment, just even a moment for you to slow down and take a deep breath. Not a deep breath of resignation, but of hope. It's why I love this song that we're going to sing after the sermon. It's why I love that we're getting to spend a few moments in this text. Because together, this song and this text are going to help us to see, maybe for some of you for the first time, the reality that a day is coming. A day is coming when all of the difficulties will be done. And everything that is sad will become untrue. And that is a source of great joy and enduring hope even in the midst of the mess. Listen, I'm glad that you're here tonight. That in God's providence, he saw fit for you to be here in this room or online. It's not by mistake. I'm glad you're here tonight. And no matter where you find yourself on your spiritual journey, I want to invite you to lean in and to receive this gift of grace. To lean in and receive this good news of great joy that's for all people. So let's dive into Psalm 96 and see the reason we can sing loudly and confidently joy to the world. This psalm as a whole, we're not going to be able to look at all of it tonight, but it's really a call to worship and a call to remember and reflect on the marvelous works of our God. This psalm calls us to remember those things, but as we get to verse 10, we see that our remembering and our reflecting isn't just for our own edification. It isn't something we just keep to ourselves, but it's for the whole world. Look at the beginning of verse 10. It says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. This declaration isn't for a subset of people. It isn't limited in scope. It's a declaration for all people from every tribe, every language, and every nation. And what is that message? The Lord reigns. The one true God is king over everything. Over everything, so much so that the writer goes on to say that the world is established and it shall never be moved. Now, this isn't about the rotation of the planet, like it's established that it's not going to fall out of orbit. What the psalmist is talking about here is the perfection of God's governance over his world. That he will always be on the throne, never to be succeeded by anyone or anything. And that's amazing news because this God, our God, the psalmist writes, will judge the peoples with equity. Now judge here, that word judge here, and it appears again in verse 13, isn't so much judicial as it is about ruling and reigning, being the king over everything. See, in God, there is no partiality based on what you look like. There's no partiality based on where you come from or how much you have. Every single person was created in the image of God, which means that every single person has inherent value and will be treated accordingly by this God. And that's wonderful news. Wonderful news in the midst of a world that's marked by inequity and a world that's marked by disparity both then and now. So there's this declaration that the Lord reigns. Well, what's the response to a declaration like that? It's for heaven and nature to sing. Look at verses 11 and 12. 
Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy. The response to this declaration that the Lord reigns is that all of creation is praising God. I mean, it sounds a lot like the second verse of the hymn, Joy to the World, which says, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Now, I like to go outside. I like to go take walks. I like when I have an opportunity outside the city of Fairfax to actually see the stars in the sky. I like to go to the beach every year with my family. But never once in the entirety of my life have I ever looked up and see the stars being glad. Never once have I looked around the world, this terrestrial ball we call earth, and seen it rejoice. I've never seen the ocean roar or the sea roar with exuberant praise. I've never seen fish and sharks and whales join together like we saw the choir tonight in harmonious worship. I've never looked out and seen fields and forests sing for joy. I've certainly never seen lions, tigers, and bears giving shouts of triumphant jubilation. What's going on here? in our song, what's going on in this psalm? Is this just artistic hyperbole that the the writer is putting in here? Because if anything, right now, our world doesn't seem to be rejoicing. It seems to be groaning. I mean, is this song and psalm just kind of out of touch with reality? We have to understand something. This is the way our world is. It is groaning but it isn't the way it's supposed to be. God's word tells us that the reason that you and I experience brokenness in the world around us and experience brokenness in here in our own lives is because of our rebellion against God, what the Bible calls sin. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. If we go back to the beginning of time and the beginning of the scriptures in the book of Genesis chapters one and two, we see God created everything. He called all of the world into existence by the word of his mouth and his power, created everything out of nothing and said all of it was good. And the pinnacle of his creation was to create men and women in his image, to be vice regents with him and be in his creation, ruling with him, but under his authority and under his kindly rule. And so we have Adam and Eve there, but we find in Genesis chapter 3 that things get off track very quickly. The serpent slithers his way into the garden and says to them, you know what? You don't actually need God's authority in your life. You can be God. You can do this on your own. And so Adam and Eve in that moment chose to disbelieve God and reject his good and kindly rule and try to do life on their own. The consequences for this insurrection was a curse on all of creation. And its effects were catastrophic. It led to broken relationships between husband and wife, between parents and children, between friends and family, coworkers and neighbors. It led to the shattering of all of creation. There's no aspect of our creation that hasn't been touched by this rebellion. There's natural disasters, there's disease, there's difficulty in work. All of those things are a result of sin. And ultimately, there's separation from God, that people can't be in a relationship with a holy and perfect God because they've rebelled against him. But you know, it wasn't something that just happened way back then. It continues today. When you were born into this world, you were born into it set against God, seeking to go your own way. 
throwing off any kind of authority, saying I'm good on my own, just like Adam and Eve. It was both damning and damaging then, and it is damning and damaging now. But it also is not the end of the story. Our God is holy and he is just, but our God is also merciful and he is gracious. And so he made a way to repair what our sin had broken. Our God made a way to reverse the curse, not only in our lives, but in our world. See, on a dark night some 2,000 years ago, an amazing thing happened. Our kids just told us this story. An angel appeared to some unassuming shepherds on the outskirts of Bethlehem and told them, I have some good news of great joy for you. A baby has been born. But it wasn't the fact that a baby had been born just in that and of itself. It's that this baby was going to be the Savior, was going to be the Christ, was going to be the Lord. This promised one who the scriptures have been talking about for hundreds and thousands of years had come. And he had come to rescue us and he had come to redeem us. He had come to restore what our rebellion had destroyed. The eternal son of God, the one who created all things and holds all things together, took on humanity. And being born in the likeness of men became a servant of all. Jesus He lived a perfect life of obedience and worship before God, a life that you and I cannot live. Then he willingly went to a cross, crucified on this heinous piece of wood by this heinous act by the government and religious leaders, not because he had done anything wrong, but he went there as a substitute for you. That as he died on that cross, the wrath of our God, the righteous wrath of God was poured out on him so that you could be forgiven and set free for your rebellion. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, defeating Satan and sin and death in order to give you life. Listen, your greatest need for redemption, your greatest need for reconciliation comes in and through Christ. It can't be fixed on your own. Your your greatest sickness can't be remedied by getting a shot or two in your arm, but only by the newborn king who would become your crucified savior. This is indeed good news of great joy for all people. In Jesus and through Jesus, you have been given a, can be given a new heart and a new life. We just heard Brenda share her story about that. In Jesus and through Jesus, you can be forgiven of all your sin and reconciled to God. But what does that have to do with life right now? I mean, when you find yourself weary from a really challenging year, how can you sing such a joyful song when your circumstances seem seem anything but that? Joy to the World is one of the most familiar Christmas songs, but it actually wasn't originally written for Christmas. It, It isn't really about the first advent, the birth of Christ, It's about the second advent, when Jesus will come again. And that is what is in view at the end of Psalm 96. See, Jesus has come, the king has come, and his redemptive reign has begun, but it isn't yet complete. The effects of sin are still present. But friends, we have to know and come back to this reality that one day we know, because Jesus told us he will come again. This promised prince of peace, the king of kings, will come, verse 13 says, he will come to judge the world in righteousness and his people in his faithfulness. 
In other words, Jesus is going to come again and he's going to exercise his sovereign authority over all of creation as the overflow of his character. Jesus is going to rule the world with truth and grace. And when he does this, when he does this, he's going to obliterate the effects of sin in our lives and in our world. Obliterate them. He'll usher in the fullness of his kingdom in all its grace and glory. And when he does that, there will be no more sadness. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more separation. There'll be no more loneliness. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more sin. When our king comes again, he will make all things new. Like everything is going to be made new. The fourth verse of our song says, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes, he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. This isn't just about your salvation, but the restoration of everything that our sin has destroyed. No wonder all of creation is going to erupt in praise when Jesus comes again. And what a glorious day that'll be. Listen, right now life is hard. And and it's challenging for many reasons. And it's okay to be sad about that. It's okay to grieve. But it doesn't mean that you can't have hope now and can't sing for joy now. See, biblical joy is not beholden to your circumstances. Biblical joy, real joy, is a soul level good feeling that's rooted in the unchanging nature and unending grace of our God and Savior. That means that you can have real joy, not not fake it till you make it. We're not about putting on a happy face just to act like everything's okay. You can have real joy in the midst of real sadness because you have faith in the faithfulness of our God. Man, I've experienced this personally and I've seen it in others' lives as well. Even this year, seeing friends suffer with cancer but continuing to fight for joy in Jesus. I've seen friends struggle with and grieve infertility and miscarriage, but do so while running to God and to God's people for comfort. I've seen people struggle with loneliness and mental health, but striving to trust and be satisfied in their merciful Savior who promised to never leave them or forsake them. See, all of God's promises find their yes and amen in Jesus. And because Jesus lived and because Jesus died and rose again, you can have confidence that he will come again and do what he said he's going to do. Make everything sad untrue. Reverse the curse because he said he will. Our weary world is in this place, this burden that's on us right now, but our weary world can rejoice because Jesus is alive and Jesus is king. So let me ask you, do you know him? Like, do you actually and really truly know him? Have you received the gift of grace that is found in Christ? I don't care if you've known about him or maybe you've been around the church for a long time and have heard a lot about Jesus, but have you actually trusted in Christ? If you haven't, I implore you to do that tonight, to place all of your hope and all of your trust in him. And if you do know him, when the messiness of life assaults you, the temptation towards apathy confronts you, are you seeking to set your gaze afresh on this king, on King Jesus? For all of us, what has your mind's attention right now? What has your heart's affection? 
Is Jesus first in your life or is someone or something else pushing Jesus to the side? This has been such a challenging year for so many reasons, but listen, there is nowhere else, nowhere else that you and I can look to find better news than what we find in Jesus. So look to him who is faithful and true and rest in the wonders of his love. That's why I'm so thankful for Advent. We can sing now joy to the world because Jesus has come, and we can sing now joy to the world because we know Jesus will come again. May the earth receive her king. May your heart prepare him room. Joy to the earth, the Savior, our Savior, reigns. Let's pray. Mighty and awesome God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus who came to rescue us from all of our sin and will come again to restore all that our sin has broken. God, I pray that you would help us to have joy and have hope here and now and help us to find it in Jesus and him alone. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon from Sojourn Fairfax. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at info at sojournfairfax.com. Go in peace. <laughs>